dark means different things to a lot of people. I, I like ex exploring it creatively. It's, it reflects my inner world, like things I think about a lot, but I, I hope it's never this like, woe is me kind of thing. Um, I want it to be woe is us. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. Microphone check. One, two. What is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. Throughout my entire life, music has consistently been a vital channel for me to process emotions and just make sense of the world. Very few artists have allowed me to do this and explore particularly the darkness and melancholy swirling around my head quite like Sadistic has. Since the moment I first heard Sadistic's music over a decade ago, I was taken aback by his beautifully poetic and vulnerable approach to creating hip-hop music, and his knack for collaborating with producers who understood this artistic vision, creating moody, dark, and cinematic soundscapes for his words, working with the likes of Blue Sky Black Death, Noah of Cunning Linguist fame, and most recently Mollskull, the producer for his latest opus, Oblivion Theater. In today's episode, we dive into Sadistic's affinity for the darker things of life, his writing process, and what makes his new project with Mollskull, Oblivion Theater, so special. The Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth artist interviews, album reviews, and general rap commentary on the best that the underground rap scene has to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. Sadistic, how are you doing today? Good, man. Thanks for having me. And really appreciate you being on the show i mean i've been uh i've been bumping your music for over a decade and i mean there's not many artists i can honestly say that and truthfully say like i'm still just as big of a fan as i was back then and i just think you're based on this latest album you're making some of your best music yet so really appreciate it it's an honor man 10 years is a long time very very long very long and i i want to start off with this like a a bit of a personal anecdote because it speaks to really how how much I appreciate your music. So, you know, as I said, I've been listening to your music for over a decade now, but in particular, there was a time that was really difficult in my life in 2019 when I experienced one of a very few amount of times this has happened where like music hits me so hard emotionally that it's so emotionally like of an experience that I actually need to avoid it sometimes. And that happened with Haunted Gardens. And I, and I mean that as a huge compliment because that was probably like the biggest period of like depression post-university, at least in my adult life. And I just feel like the way you described and depicted the melancholy, the sadness you speak on is so raw, like um, like a song, like The Closer, where you, where you have that part where you're like, dear depression, you robbed me of my essence, that whole part. I just felt, I just felt very seen, you know? And I just felt like I was like, I have, it made me kind of really realize like I have a, like an addiction to being sad almost like and, and constantly going and burrowing myself in there. And I just think you put it into words so perfectly. And I think that just speaks to like generally what you've done so much in your career, which is I think you do a great job of bringing the beauty 
and talking about the beauty and the hope within all this darkness. And I just think you explore it with a really interesting lens. And so with that, I just am curious, like, why do you feel so particularly drawn to dig into these darker emotions and ideas in your music? And like, what value do you see in this kind of form of expression, whether it be for you or the, or the audience? I mean, if I'm being honest, it's for me, not the audience. Um, <clears throat> it's more, it's all just one big project to me, all different like pieces of one statue, but like with the, with the dark uh, themes, it's just human to me. I don't know. I've always been drawn to it since I was young. Um, I think everybody is in different ways. You know, we avoid it. We tend to avoid it. <clears throat> I tend to lean into it might be part of the difference. But um, even when I was really young, um, I was just surrounded by uh, pretty dark things. I was my my mom is a big uh, true crime head, like kind of an OG one. Um, so I was reading like serial killer books and first and second grade. And I just had interest in that stuff. I don't know. I used to go to the public library and just try to find like the scariest or most fucked up books mm -hmm. I could find. Or, um, always just, it's just a curiosity about the, the human side of it, you know? Um, that's why like songs like Eileen Vernos and, you know, there's these kind of extreme contrasts and in, in comparing like human sympathetic elements to uh, monstrous deeds. Um, and it's just interesting. Yeah, I, I really find it fascinating the way you do it, because it's it's like really a strong, prevalent feeling in your music. But yet, like I said, it's not it doesn't feel overbearing, which is really hard to do. Like there's a lot of other artists that make music that explore kind of similar themes. But sometimes I can just it's just too much and it just feels like you're overdoing it. Or I'm just like I just leave the experience feeling like genuinely depressed and like it's, it's a delicate gross. thing. Yeah. Um you know, some people's like dark themes come off more as an aesthetic as opposed to like an actual uh, internal thing. Um, sometimes it can seem genuine, um, but it's so on the head or so heavy that um, even if it's good or I like it, um, it's kind of hard to chew on it. Um, I tend to like very heavy bleak things, but um, but some stuff, you know, Kind of like what you're saying if you're going through certain things like sometimes you don't want to just stare it directly in the face um so it's it's kind of a it's kind of a delicate thing and it's in dark music is such uh it's so in vogue now um it's it's a pop thing now um so it's just a very such a big blanket term and there's a lot of like to, to what's dark to a lot of people to me just like it doesn't resonate the same way you know i'm like really this upsets you okay like maybe i'm just desensitized but um but yeah dark means different things to a lot of people but i i like ex exploring it creatively it's it reflects my inner world like things i think about a lot but i, I hope it's never this like woe is me kind of thing um because that kind of as a listener exhausts me too yeah, I mean, the, I think the way you go about it, it's definitely not what was me. It's more like, as you said, yeah, it's just like it's, it feels very honest. Woe is us. I want it to be woe is us. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that. Yeah, because you, you do really connect. Like, I think especially on this 
new album, which we'll which we'll get to in more depth at the end of this conversation. But I think you you can kind of speak to things in a really complete, fulsome way. So it's like even when you're not getting really specific about some particular societal uh, event, you are speaking about it more abstractly and it kind of feels like it's connecting all of us in that. Like, I feel like it, it can bring a lot of people in versus kind of that's, excluding that's people. music to my ears. You're like, um, you're putting into words a lot of the design of it. <clears throat> so like when you say specific, uh, it's like specific things going on in the world or that there are certain things um, I purposely avoid to date my work, you know? saying brand names or certain technologies or like because you know you it's just one of those things where it's cool in a way but i hear some music and they'll just name drop certain things and i'm like oof like mm -hmm. i feel like the uncle at the barbecue now you know what i mean yeah. like this is classic it's old um so you know nothing against people that do that but um and i i just enjoy abstract more there's more um i feel like i can do with it and there's enough, there's a lot of people who um, rap about very literal things um, and they're good at it. And, you know, I'd rather kind of have my niche. Winter in hell when the wind turns to hell. Hailed when they win, then wince when they fail. The wind and the sails all went to the sails. I'm assailing against them, scaling the fence with nails and the wrists. I'm impaled from the sails that they pitch, which pales in comparison. Sinking again in the sail in the kitchen, drinking the fifth, watching tales from the crypt. Yeah. yeah. I lift the bar, never start struck when I hit the stars. And and I wonder when you're creating this kind of music that definitely feels like heavy, very emotional, very honest, like how is that experience for you? Does it takes a lot does it take a lot out of you to kind of get into that mind state to create in a way? Or? Sometimes um it depends. Sometimes it can it can be like a very heavy emotional experience, like some stuff on Haunted Gardens was um but more often than not for me uh the process is more therapeutic um it's like a subconscious housekeeping when i'm in a good creative flow um i feel like my antenna's on and um i can kind of close out other things you know the art of not being distracted basically sometimes i wonder if it's it's like even as a full-grown man if someone has something traumatic happen in a movie uh they'll lay their head on their wife's chest or their mother's chest you know and it's like it's like this universal thing to hear this like syncopated heartbeat that comforts us or whatever um and part of me feels like i'm just tapping into that infant in me still where it's like oh i'm feeling emotions so better go like listen to this uh pulsating rhythm for a while and, and write my journal, you know, um, it's helpful for me. I mean, sometimes it's, sometimes it's, it's a brain scramble and, a, and, a and tiring and certain things like that. But, um, but overall it's, it's a, it's very therapeutic for me. I, I, if I didn't write as consistently as I did, I don't know where I'd put that energy. Yeah, I mean, even as like a listener, for me, it's therapeutic to listen to a lot of this type of music. I mean, generally, if I had to categorize all the music I listen to, a great deal of it, a disproportionate amount is on the realms of more darker, more melancholy. It's just something about it has always attracted me. And I and, and I do I find it's kind years. of a release for me. I did that for years before my first album came out or anybody was aware of who I was, like, um, just for myself, I, I made 
a ton of really bad songs and things, just learning how to do it. And But I was just constantly just kind of uh, in my own little cave uh, writing. You know, it's just something I've, I've done since I was a young teenager. Um, mm -hmm. Even the balancing act, um, I released that like right when I finished college. Um, but while I was in college, it was like I was constantly in my room by myself just working on that. And I wasn't even thinking of it like a career. It's just something like I wanted to do. Right, right. And, you know, like we, you did kind of talk about it earlier about how this kind of darker kind of feeling is more of an aesthetic a lot of times in pop music. Uh, there's so many names to, to kind of put to that example. Like we don't even need to get into it, but that's definitely very true. But I do find with the way aesthetics play into your music, it does feel very genuine. I don't get that same feeling at all with some of those pop acts you have a clear affinity for like the haunted horrifying uh imagery and even just like the music it has all it consistently has like these ethereal spiritual singers or like melodies whether it's a sample or not but where did this because uh, you kind of mentioned it about early on with your family and your mother like it being a true crime head like is that where this originated from where you've always been just kind of like really adoring that kind of uh that aesthetic, that feeling. I was feeling. to it so young. I remember, um, I remember be, being in second grade, and I would go to the sixth grade section of the school library and just try it. And I would grab like all the Poe books or like, um, you know, like teenage horror, or whatever. Um, I remember reading The Pit and the Pendulum with my dad when I was tiny, and him explaining to me what a pendulum was, and like, you know, like I, I was just drawn to it early, and then being surrounded by you know, serial killer books and a mother who was who constantly uh, would talk about just like crazy, brutal shit that happens in the world, like Debbie Downer. Um, so it just made me curious. And, um, you know, I studied psychology. Uh, it all just I feel like it all is connected. Um, I'm very interested in in our brains and especially like the the social connection we make like social consciousness is something that interests me a lot and i think that's something that over time i've realized is a the secret power of music mm -hmm. yeah and you also have like a clear and i know you said this in in past interviews too like you're a huge film person like you love that and i definitely mm -hmm. feel like that cinematic aspect of music of movies obviously like it just it really comes through in your music like you every album feels like its own motion picture you know like it's all very distinct yeah things. that's that's um that's what i'm gonna do next is i want to make films that's gonna be the next uh project once this one is finished in my mind you know oh that's okay shit well damn that's have you have you started doing any of the work to it or is it just the, in the yeah. infancy phase yeah 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 I'm, i've been putting work into it um, i'm a couple years into um a screenplay I'm trying to finish this year damn that's good for you man that's exciting that's really exciting yeah, I, do, I do love film a lot um it's just i don't know nothing nothing affects me in the ways i like as the way the movies do certain kinds of movies um mm. And it's uh, it's so appealing to me, just kind of the way that I, the things that I like, I really like puzzles and challenges and things like that. And um, 
the idea, the process of making a movie is just such a massive, massive, complicated puzzle with so many tiny micro decisions along the way. Um, and that's really appealing to me. It seems so challenging. Um, and uh, I don't know, the more I've kind of let that sink in or uh, acknowledge that to myself, I've, I've tried to be like, I tried to shit on people's movies last <laughs> when, when they're bad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's whack, but I could see the vision, you know? When it's firing on all cylinders, it's like it's every medium of art just squished into a moment, you know? 100%. Yeah, like I think over the past few years, I mean, I can't, I, I'm, I, I watch movies. I'm also more of a TV show person. It might be just a result of me not having as much time. So like I always feel like I can't watch a movie, whereas I could fit in a 40 minute episode or something. But in a tv era yeah but now like tv these days like the quality i feel like i've not watched a bad show a bad movie in like four or five years like it's just oh my God. so much so much good stuff out there man i wish i had that um viewpoint but, <laughs> but uh, even you you watch, watch way more than i do terrible sure. things all the time but um <laughs> i have a friend who told me uh he said, uh, there's, there's two type of movie lovers, there's people that love movies that they love. And there's people who love movies. He's like, you're the latter. Um, yeah. I, I, like, I like B movies. I love, I love like shitty movies. Um, I probably love them more than good movies sometimes. Um, I don't know. There's a lot to learn from. Them. <laughs> yeah, there is. And I feel like as I've gotten sunk my teeth more and more into just listening to music and understanding the artist's perspective through the podcast and all that, it's that same idea of kind of like, as you said, analyzing creative decisions with movies and TV has become like so much more appealing to me. And I find myself yeah. being like, damn, that was a really cool decision they made to like, to know, have the camera in that way. It made me feel something. so much. You yeah. can layer so many things and that's just so appealing. How many things can I layer in a song? That's something I had played with for years, but now, okay, you do that, you get all these layers in the song, and then that's just a layer of a layer of a bigger thing in the movie. It's like, you can just, it's, I don't know, it's so fucking appealing. It's like this gigantic uh, labyrinth mountain. Yeah, Mr. Robot for me is a show. I don't know if you've ever watched it. It's a- Yeah, I started it. It was a bit, it was a bit Polaniac for me. Um, Wait, what does that mean, Polaniac? It was just like super fight club in the okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's definitely like a really philosophy with super tyler dirt and it. it's like yeah. it's cool i didn't finish it um i think i got like one season in yeah it's i just was bringing it up because i felt like all the decisions with some of the weird camera angles the music they use is is all just like really yeah yeah we're definitely in a um we're definitely in a new era of like quality cinematic tv because for so long um TV programming just assumed that everyone was a fucking idiot. Um, it's pretty much how it went. Syndicated things. Um, uh, nothing was serial. Everything was just like, oh, they won't remember anything until uh, Twin Peaks here came along. Mm -hmm. I was kind of the, in my opinion, the first one that treated the audience like they were intelligent. And it's like, no, they can follow one mystery and try to find one answer throughout an entire season. And I feel like it's finally catching up. And so now we, we got all these great cinematographers and, and, you know, in the last however many years, like all the top actors started doing TV where it used to be seen as below them. So I, I get the swing. It's cool. There's, there's some amazing shit out there. Even in like Bollywood, I'm a big fan of Bollywood and I was never usually in previously until like maybe three, four years ago. And, and the same kind of trend is happening there with all these like 
different kind of stories that are used used to just not be in Bollywood that are more dark, more like real and gritty, um, as well as the big actors coming to TV. And there's so many good ones. Like I could go on for days. Bollywood is a is a big gap in my movie <laughs> uh, knowledge that I need to fix. Oh, I'll um, send you some after this because there's yeah, I love that. Uh, did you see RRR? I have. Have I seen that? I know. I've. I know about it. Have I seen that? Uh, that shit was amazing. Oh, I don't think I. I don't think I have. I would call it like joyous filmmaking. Like you, you just tell like everybody involved just had a fucking absolute blast. It's really oh, this dope. is sort of neat. Oh, this is like the last couple of years. Okay, I definitely heard of it, but I didn't watch it. No. Yeah, that was the last uh, Indian movie that. Nice. Really so, um, when I think about kind of like how you've made a major way throughout your career, something I've really admired is that you've maintained like a signature sound, even though your albums from album to album can be pretty different. And it just feel like, felt like since day one, I've, I, when I heard you, um, I felt like I was listening to a fully realized artist with like a distinct voice already. And this is again, like a decade plus ago. Um, and I wonder like, how, how were you able to discover your like quote unquote voice and the type of music you wanted to make? Like, how did that, how did you land on that? That's a complicated question, but um, part of it is me playing the producer in the classic sense, not in the person who makes the beat sense, but um, all of my projects, even if it has 10 different producers on it, um, like I'm kind of adjusting things and sewing beats together and, uh, you know, I just really hands on with that, um, with my mixing engineer and album structure, like the order, um, all of those things are very purposeful and I have a certain kind of approach to it that I try to keep somewhat consistent. Initially, when I was working on the balancing act, the first album, um, I had a very distinct idea of what I wanted to do and I couldn't find uh, the pro a producer that had this same idea. And that was a big holdup for what I wanted. I was listening to a lot of, um, a lot of Nine Inch Nails and Seeger Rose and uh, No Twist and I don't know, fucking Mars Volta. Um, I was listening to a lot of stuff that had interesting structures, um, not just like the, you know, first course, first course outro, um, where there would be these. And I, I, I realized that certain bands, even if I didn't like the first minute of the song, I'd stick around um, because I didn't know what they were going to do. Mm. Um, it was exciting to me and interesting. Um, and I didn't think that was applied much in rap and rap was my uh, biggest passion of course at the time more than those other the, the other bands and stuff I was listening to was like um <laughs> I, I probably got into them late because I was so into rap that I, I just like didn't really look at other stuff as much um, when I was younger but, but I had an idea and I was like I want I want these structures and change-ups and I want it to be unpredictable and I want it to be super heavy and emotional and imbalanced like the balancing act is like sort of an ironic title because it's everything's leaning a certain way um and when i came across emancipator um he was kind of, that's when a lot of that clicked um but initially it was an idea i had that i just had to figure out how to uh, execute it but over time it's been um 
it's been more like choosing an umbrella theme or tone or mood and um just kind of finding it and and using my own kind of filter for taste you know what i think fits yeah i think that that kind of precision and focus is i guess the thing i took from that it, it's it feels very deliberate intentional my lady made a copper crown changed me to a proper noun maybe i'm a meteor but you can never calm it down she floats across the kitchen floor in a cotton gown i kiss the sores miss the sores like a spotted owl in candlelight you're my dandelion pollen count anywhere you step no longer common ground we're feeling cosmic when we talk amidst the lost and found Revealing sonnets when my heart emits staccato sounds Home alone, sipping Sauvignon Till we're comatose, my holy ghost Eyes like jewels and to go for hoes You know, like, when I think about the way you write in general That's, like, obviously one of, like, your standout traits I think the poetry in your music is just sublime Like, I think of lines, like, you know, from Where You Want Me Which is probably, honestly, a line that is so good that I wish I not only wrote it, I wish I could like, I, it just came to me and I could say this to like the girl I'm with or something because you say like, anywhere you step no longer common ground. And <laughs> I just, that one always like, that's one of my favorite songs from you, the beat from No, all of that's just fantastic. But that line is just such a, it's just, it speaks to just how, how much you can kind of hit that tone, that hit that note so perfectly. Yeah, I, I, especially more lately, um, I'd say the last like five years or so, I really love trying to find those like punchy, meaningful lines that are like short, you know, um, when, when I hear someone else say those, um, I don't know, those are the ones that I'm like, oh, that's so fun. Like how much can you say with how few syllables? Um, and earlier you brought up the, um, what's the last song on Hanukkah Gardens called? I forgot. Oh, from, uh, from the Gossamer? Oh, from the Gossamer, yeah. You brought up the the line about depression, um, and that's interesting to me because out of all of the countless references, metaphors, and blah 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 to depression, um, those lines in that song are probably like the most, in my opinion, like the most just like bluntly honest ones mm -hmm. describing that. So it's interesting to me that you chose those lines. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what makes music so special because I felt that was the why I think it impacted me so much because it was so to the point. It's like this depression thing has robbed me of this and the way like the following lines that the way you describe it, the flow too, it's just like, it just was like, holy shit, he's really saying that. Like he's really speaking like something I just am feeling so deeply right now that it's like I feel handicapped me. Um, yeah and, and depending on your situation it can make you feel like shit you know and some people don't enjoy that <laughs> uh, I, i've definitely had a lot of people be like oh i this project i just can't listen to because it you know it brings me back to this thing and i'm like i totally get it man you don't have to apologize mm -hmm. to me um, yeah and then, and then yeah and then you have lines like on like uh that the one i just mentioned where it's just like i don't know the way you describe the romance here it's like it's very vulnerable and how like you're kind of just being like i'm at i'm almost at your mercy like it's it's just uh, man yeah I love that and um you know speaking about your writing more specifically like describe to me like how you generally write like what's your process and particularly how you find how do you find inspiration for the music you create um I mean there's a lot of different ways sometimes I'll just be on the freeway and I just think of a line and or middle of the night right so I'm like sometimes that happens um usually it's when I 
when I'm first starting a project and I don't really know what it is yet, um, I try to be super just open and loose and like anything that grabs me, I'll just kind of like, you know, do the fucking creativity dance, like the mumble legs <laughs> into the blue line or something. Um, as I start to get to know the project, like sometimes like, oh, I like these songs, I'll put them over here. Like I kind of, I, I like this, what's going on here. Um, and then I'll start to kind of try to add more to that. And then, and then I'll be more conscious of the other stuff where it's like, oh, sometimes a song will reference another song that could be interesting. But, um, but I tried to just, if I feel it, if it makes me feel anything, um, if it, if it uproots a memory I haven't thought about in a while, if it does anything like human, you know, like, oh, this feels, this, this, this makes me focus. I'm not like, um, then I'll, I'll, I'll point my energy towards it. Um, sometimes it, it just flies. Sometimes, uh, it's a track I love and I just, just doesn't come out right. Um, it depends, but but sometimes I can tell in the moment, I'm like, oh, this is one of those, this is going to be one of those things. Um, like, I don't know. I call it the antenna. Like sometimes the antenna's working. Yeah. I, I you mentioned like the, you mentioned, what'd you say the like how it kind of like you feel that human feeling and it feels like you're focusing. Like it, it's, it's reminding me of something I heard you say in another interview interview where you said that you kind of have this torturous tendency to just think a lot. And sometimes you forget to live in the moment. And I I feel that personally, because that's something I feel like I, I deal with. But also, I think you're kind of speaking to the fact that like when you kind of hit these moments in your music, it allows you to really feel that that classic sense of like presence and and it being yeah. in the calm that is it's genuinely special when you can get that. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine that all of us kind of have these certain commonalities but we just don't like address it or look at it the same way and i also think certain people are drawn to my music certain people that um maybe think these things but it's not an easy topic to discuss it's not something that is ever brought up or you know like these these common threads of like insignificance um dissatisfaction uh frustration with with outside forces like these things are like I, you know, pretty human elements, but, um, but we kind of address them in different ways, if at all, you know, a lot of people just don't address it. They find God and it, it's fixed or whatever, but, and with music, I can just, I can just kind of swim around in my own little fishbowl of thoughts and, uh, just choose which ones to share. And so before we get into this new album, I wanted to quickly rewind to couple of years back with that last collaborative album with no because truth be told i think uh, as i mentioned before like when i got on actually i don't know if i mentioned it in this conversation but i may have said it on twitter or something um but how i got put on your music was like this perfect storm of events where i think dead end hip-hop and mike c-town in particular were just like bigging you up consistently and i i love their stuff and i was really starting to get into their channel so i tapped in but then also simultaneously i was really getting into cunning linguist music in that like 2013 time frame and i heard one of your features i think on one of those like strange journey uh yeah. records they had cool. yeah yeah and it just made me further compelled to dive deeper into your catalog from that point forward it was really cool to see later on that you've made now a couple records with no so you know i think of no i think of that your relationship with him because 
I think it's another example of you being really versatile in your music because like no is a southern to the bone artist like it's a it, like his sound is just so impactful and so powerful and just reminds me of the south so much like what why do you feel that you connect with no sound and, and artistry so strongly um i've always loved no's music the first time i heard it um i bootlegged uh, a piece of strange off a rap forum like way back in the day mm -hmm. um, and i was always drawn to his music um over the years we ended up like you know crossing paths because people were comparing uh death is silent to art of dying um and so you know over time we crossed paths but um it was a pleasure making that album it was a slightly different process because like earlier when I said I kind of wear my producer hat in the sense of like kind of putting things together and figuring out how they fit with him. I don't wear the producer hat like his producer hat so big um, that all I have to do is like write the songs, you know, write the verses. Um, so that was interesting. Um, I'm not used to letting off the reins, but uh, he's he's just really great at it. So it's uh, it's kind of a luxury. Um, on top of just the beats being good. So it wasn't like he'd send me a folder and be like, yeah, pick a couple, like how it would normally go. He was more like, okay, here. And then some of these songs, um, I would send them back the same afternoon. I'm like, done, like make another one. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so yeah, we were, we were really cooking on that project. And I know Moscow, not to speak for him, but, um, but he's a huge No fan as well. And you can hear the influence in Oblivion Theater um for sure in, in certain spots so shout out to no shout out to Conan. that's my brethren yeah that's exactly kind of where i was going to go with it because with this new album i can feel that influence mall skull definitely has different a different sound overall but just that feeling yeah. of like you sound really good with those like deep atmospheric kind of synths or like big heavy kind yeah. of like cavernous bass and drums like that's something that both of them do so fucking well yeah, I mean, Moscow definitely has his signature sound. The only other song I've released on his production was Orange in 2014. And even that you can still hear like the very like 80s. It's almost like chill wave-ish. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, his signatures are definitely there. Um, it was fun working with him because he, he was just constantly sending me tracks like this one, this one, this one. Um, so uh, you know, my plate was constantly full. Yeah. And, and and overall with Oblivion Theater, like what, how did that sound kind of come to be on that record? Like what was your, what was the direction you two wanted to take with it? Or was it really just Moscow having a vision for it? Um, He sent me the beat for what ended up becoming Letter to a Neon Spectre. Um, I rocked that and I just kind of set it aside and I had just kind of this, mountain of uh demos and songs going for a solo project which will, is getting finished now i'm getting finishing it um but it, so i set aside for that and then he just kept he's like here's another one here's another one and um eventually there were a few and i was like okay this could be an ep and he just keeps going and then uh, and then he's like okay we're at let's have the album talk um and yeah, I, I got to where I got to, you know, design the title and choose the artwork and the kind of direction for that kind of stuff. So 
Um, and he was open-minded to all my, to any suggestions I have for like, um, structure changes or like where, what places like we should, we should like remove some sounds or add, or, you know, just kind of like, I'm a big ebb and flow person, mm -hmm. just how things like, I really want to give people every reason they can to listen to the album front to back, you know? Um, and so I, I usually have a lot of like nitpicks for stuff like that. Um, and he's always really open-minded and cool about it. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I feel like that those heavy drums, we talked about the atmospheric sensor there, but something I really liked about Moscow did like throughout the album, there always are these like pretty, like, I don't know, keys or like little percussion yeah. stuff that just kind of like always kind of litter throughout just makes it feel really like tight. Yeah, and like so much of that like right when he's right when he would send it um it was already pretty much there you know like things like his uh his drums and and like like you're saying like kind of those pretty layers like um they they sound close to the first version i mean we mix them and change mm -hmm. things around but like it's not as drastic as when i work with some other producers um in the mixing process same with no no is like his his stuff's pretty much like ready to go mm. when he sends it I hate you more than I hate myself sad to get paid let the plates impale wasn't let in heaven so I made this hell nothing but depression so I paint the cell I've been in the zone with my sonic levels I feel less alone when I talk to devils I've been in the zone like Tarkovsky flicks cover my bones with exotic metals fuck the friction with the pot and kettle what's the difference when you got an echoes inject this shit in your private vessels fuck around and find out you're not that special how come my heart is the chronic tissue Knock on my door, send the rod to get you Shotgun will turn you to lost potential God's not here, he cannot protect you Speaking about like this tight-knit, cohesive nature of Oblivion Theater It just feels like you really were locked in On a particular feeling or thematic tone And as we talked about now, like it's always clear that you really put together your albums with a With a particular intention behind it So what would you say was like the the driving force or kind of inspiration for for what you were trying to get across with the uh, oblivion theater just kind of where i was at we started it in december um i think it was pretty much done by the end of uh, that summer um so just kind of where i was at in my head which isn't the best pitch sounds pretty boring when i say it out loud but um but i had some interesting things going on uh i got married in thailand and uh, my wife and i eloped um and had some uh, really rad experiences in like in asia and um certain things going on that really found their way into the lyrics so like shibari i wrote that like right after that trip and there's all these kind of like you know shit pulled from memories and experiences there um i like the idea of giving visuals to concepts that are intangible you know, like showing what's unseen is a, is a cool idea to me. Like I was aiming for a little bit of surrealism in spots where it's like a look of something that's just a concept. Um, so I, I tried to kind of weave in certain visuals here and there, just little splashes of things that, that connect between the songs, I think just makes it feel more like one piece. But working with one producer um, for a whole project, like, really obviously helps with cohesion. You know, they're like, there's there's already his own patterns and signatures and tastes that are in everything. So 
there's already a consistency in a way going there. Um, so I just have to kind of create one with the words. Yeah, I think you did a really good job of having those visuals, the idea in the imagery. Like there's a lot of different parts of this album where like a good chunk of a verse is just like you painting this particular image that, you know, again, it's it just communicates this feeling that is it is pretty abstract, but it's definitely really, really present. I don't know. I feel it. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's that it's that idea of like, yeah, talking about something. Like I think really when I think about some of the the main messages or kind of ideas that you're exploring on this album, like a lot of them are it feels like you're ruminating on like the state of society, but again, in a way that's like not really dating yourself, it's more abstract. And I, I feel particular lines related to like God. I mean, that's been throughout a lot of your music, but like one line in particular where you're like, Why are you afraid of a fair God? That one was <laughs> That one really hit me hard. I was like, wow. And I think you do a really good job of like questioning things in a way that isn't, that makes people uncomfortable, which I think is good, but it doesn't really come across like condescending or mean-spirited. That's, that's nice to hear. Yeah. I, a real quick turnoff for me in music is if um, the condescending thing um, irritates me a lot. <clears throat> so I, I really hope to never come off like that. Like I have the sacred knowledge, follow mm. me. And, and follow the shepherd, you know, um, mm -hmm. I'm not into that, but the theme of questioning things and the theme of just like, not taking, not taking the shit for granted, not like just apply your fucking thought to it. You know, like anything that, that stirs up questions, um, is interesting to me and, and valuable. You know, I seek that in, in, books and movies and things that i enjoy or whatever but i definitely aim for that in music just anything that makes you think you know like if why are you afraid of a fair god if that made you like cock your head for a second you're like huh like that's definitely a win for me mm -hmm. and, and was there any like particular like because you kind of mentioned it, some of it was like written after your merit your your wedding recently like was there any kind of particular message or emotion that was special to this album that you wanted to convey? Not particularly. And if I did, I probably wouldn't say, to be honest. But um, I I think even if I tried to, which I never would, even if I, <laughs> even if I tried to uh, rehash an album or an exact mood again, I don't think it would really come out that accurate. You know, it's just like, it's a it's a moving project, you know, like I, I feel like I'm a different person every, every year. So there's something that should be a little different in the, in the output. And like, given the breadth of your discography at this point, you've created so many different albums. So like, whether it be how you created this, like either be the creative approach or kind of just the output, maybe the lyricism, like what is, what is, what makes this album you think stand out? to listeners like what what do you think that they'll get from this album that they maybe won't get as much from your other work i think it, i want it to just be a distinct mood like i if if you were to close your eyes and see like the intro trailer or whatever you know what i'm saying like if you were to visualize it i would hope this one is different than the other ones you know part of it is you know the artwork all of it really ties into how we interpret things you know, I was aiming for something visual in parts. People always naturally 
compare the new album to, oh, it reminds me of this one or this one. Um, and it's been funny because so far I've gotten more responses where it's like, it feels like a mix of A, B, and C, and D. Uh, I, I so, do agree. I have a similar thought too. Yeah. It's like a bit of Haunted um, Gardens with like case, altars. Yeah, if that's the case, that wasn't by design, but I could, I could see it. And honestly, like when I'm in it and we're making it, I try to zoom out and see it all as a whole, but like, I don't know. It, it, you don't really see it as a whole until it's gone and out of your hands. I think when I, when I still have the ability to change it, um, I can't fully see it far away yet. Cause I'm just like, Oh, I'll fix that fucking thing. That's, that's cool. And I, I think that visual component, we've said that a few times. I think that's probably the thing that I get from this. It feels like a very, you know, cinematic experience like even like how the album starts with like the the sound effects like the person kind of yelling it seems like you're kind of in a like a yeah like a in a city where there's some shit going down it's like a riot or like some kind of like civil unrest is occurring it it just threw out any like the that like uh, movie dialogue that ends the album too like i really get that visual imagery being like the main takeaway for me yeah, that's interesting. That's cool. Yeah, and and on that that movie dialogue, what was the significance of ending it in that way? I think about structure and just kind of like what the what the ebb and flow is. You know, if it were a story or like a movie, you know, what the beats are. Where's like the big moments? Uh, when do things like calm down? And um, I usually like to bookend projects with um, something. Uh, quieter and that 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 kind of comes in and then out um like for example haunted gardens um if you have it on repeat you know this, the last song just kind of supposed to just kind of melt into the first song like experience wise um so for this it just feel, it felt more uh visual felt like you're bookending it with sounds that you have to imagine and i it didn't I don't think it would have really worked as well if it was a different track order. 100%. Yeah. I, yeah. Even like, the intro is such a perfect thing. Yeah. Cause it does kind of like start off slow and then the drums kick in like midway through. I do yeah. love that in particular. Yeah. I, I really like um, making intros to albums is something I really enjoy. I like the idea of being able to defy any expectations they have <laughs> right away. So like, like with the intro and alters, I was like, I was like, whatever they're expecting after this last thing, let's let's let them know immediately that they're absolutely wrong. And that's pretty fun. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, like speaking of one of the features on this record, Crazy Bone, after hearing you two side by side on a track, it really struck me how much I, I see like the influence in your music from from someone like him, because particularly in the flows that you've employed throughout your career, that are like verbose, but still super catchy and like have a really strong rhythmic feel to it. Like you're just a, you two are real clear, two real clear tacticians, technicians of rap. So I, I wonder like how did like a Bone Thugs and like Crazy Bone, things like that, artists like that serve as inspiration for you in your career? I mean, like anyone in my age group, I love Bone. Uh, East 1999 was a real legendary album for me growing up. Um, as far as like who influenced my flow, 
busy bone always had my favorite flow in bone um and it didn't influence mine at all because i don't have those vocals <laughs> um if i'm being honest uh big pun and feral Monch were probably mm. two people who i really studied their flows a lot um that were big influences on me that um i never hear anybody notice you know especially big pun um that in the middle of the little Italy did it like the tongue twister stuff. Um, you know, I, I always, I always loved that. And, um, Feral Monch, especially, uh, internal affairs, um, his timing mm -hmm. and his little pauses and just all the things that make him, him. Um, I like, to me, that was the, um, pinnacle of a flow, uh, when I was trying to learn how to rap, you know? There, I, there were other rappers that I may have been my favorites more or whatever, but just on like a flow and timing, um, I, I really like listen to those two really closely. Yeah, Monch, I mean, like, I think I think of like the intensity that he raps in and like the variety and the versatility he has. And he can be, you know, a little calmer, but then like, you know, he has that, I'm forgetting the name of it, but the record that dropped like in 2021, that was like more of the rock kind of rap rock thing. 13 yeah yeah like he has such a huge breadth of 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 music that he can create and a lot of it's just because he's such a such a passionate lyricist a passionate vocalist and i obviously get that from you because you can you can get very amped up like on the man like the probably my favorite maybe like one moment on this album is the end is nigh that second that like last verse that you have <laughs> holy shit like because that's like the little beat change and yeah i really have to yeah yeah like that's and i really have to give mall skull credit like just for the more i listen to this album the more i'm like realizing how like much the these little decisions with like some of the like in that in that particular track like when there's that middle part where it's like a someone speaking and it's like the the segue to that final verse there's like this really just uh kind of like loud noise sound like i don't really sounds know like it. a like a thunder metal thing almost. yeah it's like shit's about to happen and then you go yeah. in with like your most like impassioned verse like it's such a such a good moment love yeah it. He, i like when mollusk has those like swing for the fences sound choices where it's like oh that, that's that's a fun uh that's a fun choice your favorite part yeah is it fuck around and find out you're not that special <laughs> yeah I've been in the zone with my sonic levels. I've been in the zone with Tar like Tarkovsky flicks. Like. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 such a good moment. Um, yeah, no, overall, just I really love the album. Um, but like going forward now, what are you kind of talked about this movie, the the screenplay that you're you're trying to write, which is fantastic. What are some upcoming projects? You know, whether it be merch or even just tour dates that people should look out for. Um. Well. I hope people like this record and chew on it for a little bit. Um, but like for what I'm working on, I, I'm already like, I'm already, this has been done for a while, <laughs> like for me, you know what I mean? Um, so I have another, I'm going to release another LP um, this year. I'm not sure when, but, and then I'll feel it out from there. But I have, I have quite a bit of uh, stuff prepared, I guess. Nice. You should you should definitely try to get make your way to Toronto. Just gonna put that out there. If you yeah, I need to I need to get back on the road. Toronto yeah. be great. It's been too long. When was the last time you were here? I think with Cunning Linguist. So it was 
a minute ago, like eight years ago, ten years ago, something like oh, that. Damn. Yeah. Too long. That would be amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Like this was a really yeah, good my pleasure. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah, this was this was a good time, and just then can't say enough how much of a impactful artist you've been in my life, both just as like a just seeing the moves you've made, seeing the success you've had. I've seen even like just, I have to point out like the engagement you have with your fans is really commendable. Like uh, being in the Patreon and like just how close you keep them. It's just really, really feels like you care. And that's kind of like, it just feels very consistent with the music you make being so, you know, emotionally open. It's just uh, really inspiring, man. I appreciate that. And, um, it's really about that like um it's, i hope it doesn't sound preachy but the energy the just the fucking connections and the the human side of it um over time um i don't know i've been doing this for a minute and uh that's the stuff that sticks in my memory more and it's really interesting and it's i don't know i feel like a humble servant of something <laughs> i don't know what the fuck it is but it's um it's pretty cool seeing that um just the community you know like discord and it's it's cool seeing them make connections I've, there have been people who've met there who are like married now or who helped each other with like bills or like it's i don't know it's wow. pretty cool that is amazing yeah i mean like yeah. that's something that i i think if people want to like artists upcoming that want to you know find some success in their career i think that idea of being engaged with your listeners and just being like a real person like it, it gets it makes I'm you love the music even, so much more. I'm lucky to even have that opportunity, you know, just to to have an uh an audience that cares that much. Like that's such a rare blessing, you know. So like teach their own people can obviously do whatever the fuck they want, but um when some people are so purposely distant from uh their fans, exactly. like I, I understand being distant in a way, but like when they're so like I don't know, it's it's odd to me. Mm-hmm. I, I also feel the same but uh, yeah keep doing what you're doing man and uh, honor to have you on thanks man appreciate you likewise likewise peace peace bro all the colors will agree in the dark all my lovers could defeat on my heart all I wanted was a piece of the sky all the colors still leaving their mark all the colors will agree in the dark all my lovers could defeat on my heart all I wanted was a piece of the sky Demons on standby, crossing the rear view. Do you still believe that your God really hears you? Mascara tears now, looking like war paint. Past air fears found, hooked in the forebrain. Keep looking, you'll find angels in the storm drain. No one left for me to pray to for the soul fade. Show faith, poison plants blown from the earth too. Can you recall what they do to deserve you? Who hurt you? Blooms universal, effluvium fumes like a perfume. So there we have it. Another episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV. I hope this episode gave you some new perspectives and insights into what the greatest art form known to man in hip-hop music has to offer. If you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible, it would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron in the new Rap Music Plug podcast Patreon. Through this Patreon, you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes, exclusive album recommendations, exclusive playlists, early access to episodes, and more. And above all though, you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time I spend on this show already, 
but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the RMPP has experienced recently. So if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just want to keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rapmusicplugpod or shoot me an email at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well. But that's enough self-promotion for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Peace.